What's going on, Travel? It's your main man, Just GQ, and you are tuned in. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Travel Guides, the podcast dedicated to making travel easy for everyday people like you and me. It's been quite a week. Just in the, in the news as a whole, we had the passing of the great Nipsey Hussle. And I'll be honest, I just want to share a couple thoughts on this because I know that there's been an increasing realization of his impact. And I'm somebody who who did listen to his music. I've touted myself as an audiophile for many years. And I came across his music in about 07, 08, when he was featured on Early Drake. And just kind of kept an ear open for him. Was really on after... You know, Crenshaw, and then uh, specifically when Victory Lap came out, I think that just killed the game and have have always had him in, in rotation, at least a few of his tracks. But I'll be very honest, like, the with the with the news of his passing, the more I learn about the brother, I mean, it's just that much. It just gets sadder and sadder and sadder. And that's, like, the best. I've heard that adjective used a lot, but that is truly the most accurate adjective that I can think of. It's just extremely unfortunate that the jealousy and envy of one individual, and you can call it, I'm well aware of the conspiracy theorists out there and and what they're saying about Dr. Sibi, and um, I hope I said that correctly, and why I think that I entertain all possibilities, so I I think that's possible. However, it sounds like from people who were close to the incident that this was simply the acts of a jealous individual. And I mean, I would just implore you, I implore you to go out and to, to just listen to some of the interviews that Nipsey's doing. Like the concept of, and I know people are saying he made $100,000 off a of mixtape. I did a little bit of research on that. And by research, I mean, I asked International P, whose birthday is today? Happy birthday, International P. But he was letting me know that it was $100 for the mixtape and a concert because he was buzzing out west. So from that concept to when he was on, he immediately thought about how he could flip the transaction, what he could sell next, how he could uplift his community, how he could put his people on game so that they could get some money and better their situation. I mean, it's just it's just sad. So RIP to the homie Nipsey. And, yeah, just just just... Listen, play it, play a track off Victory Lap once for the next month because apparently all he owned all his masters, so all those all those streaming dollars go straight to his pocket. So if you want to help, that's the best way to help. Switching, get shifting gears a little bit. I got a really great piece of feedback on the show, and it's something that I'm gonna implement immediately. And that is, I never realized, or I guess I didn't really think about how it might be difficult when you all are trying to go back and reference an episode because there's not necessarily markers of when I'm shifting topics. So what I'm going to do moving forward, and I'm going to retroactively do it for season four, I'm going to go back and I'm going to add times where the subject matter shifts. So when you want to go to the show notes, which I haven't used in a long time, (laughs) but so when you all want to go back 
and reference what we're talking about in an episode to the exact minute mark, you can. So hopefully a lot of you are getting excited about that. I obviously can't see you because I'm recording this in the past and I can't see you in the future. You know what I mean? So it's all good, though. But, yeah, hopefully just look for that moving forward and hopefully that gets you guys a little bit excited. Now, before we hop into today's topic, I want to continue with the format where we examine some of the travel news that's going on. And thankfully, it was a bit of a slow week this week. However, I did see two things, two articles that caught my eye, and I want to talk about one of them and then save the other for another time. So the, the one that I'm going to talk about today was, an, was a New York Times article, and it was talking about um, how when it comes to travel rewards, younger travelers are being heard. And the article is basically just talking about younger folks, millennials, Gen Z, what have you, discovering reward, uh, loyalty programs. Now, this was a hard lesson for me, and this is something that I don't believe that I've talked to you all about. However... I had the, the opportunity when I was fairly young, when I was 26, 27 years old, to work abroad, to work internationally. And this helped to awaken my desire to see the world and to eventually work, travel, and live abroad or internationally. But I had, had an assignment in Panama and Colombia. So I was working, basically, I, I managed the, that cluster while being able to travel to Ecuador and just throughout South America. It was a very, very dope, Central and South America. It was a very, very dope time. I extremely took it for granted, uh, or not took it for granted, but I just thought that it was easier than it was to navigate that because having been, you know, five years removed from there, it's it's much more difficult to get abroad and to get a company to to pay for you to work and live outside of the country. Although we're going to have an episode on that because we have some listeners and some key people who have been able to finesse that as well, which is a great developmental opportunity, speaking professionally. Like, that's something you want to talk about, something that will separate you. You can say that you have a, a true boots-on-the-ground understanding of the international market. I mean, that's a huge, and I'm speaking from a business perspective, but I would imagine it would be impactful across multiple industries. I know about nurses without, doctors without borders and traveling nurses and whatnot, so I think having an international perspective, especially as the demographic is changing, it would be a valuable skill set and perspective to have. But I digress. When I was working in Central and South America, in Panama and Colombia, I was obviously taking, I was traveling a lot. I was moving around. I was taking a lot of trips, coming back to the States somewhat frequently, just in terms of visiting family and and making sure nobody ran in my spot. (laughs) But, you know, and I, I, nobody really put me on game. Nobody let me know how to, like, you're traveling a lot. You're going to have an opportunity to gain a lot of points, a lot of flight points, a lot of frequent flyer miles, a lot of hotel points. And basically, I went down there. I was just happy and grateful to be to be there and to be able to have the opportunity, which is not a bad perspective to have, but it is always better when you know when you've been gifted a gem or a golden opportunity or an opportunity that other people don't have. And I did not know that. So I'm here. Hove did that, so hopefully you don't have to go through that. So I'm trying to give you all the knowledge. Basically, when I came back, I had 25,000, 30,000 points on Delta, 
25 to 30,000 points on American, 25 to 30,000 points on United, which collectively gives me almost 100,000 miles, which is nothing to sneeze at. But individually, it gives you nothing. <laughs> and so my what I would tell you is very similar with uh, with my hotel points with with Sheridan and with or with, excuse me with Starwood and with Marriott properties. So consolidation is key here. I I would say that you should pick if you can pick one airline domestic and international. Do that. You know that's that's all good. A lot of a lot of airlines are flying internationally and domestically and there are also some of them who don't travel internationally by the same name they have reciprocity with some of their sister companies that are are traveling abroad i know um and i hate to do this because you know i loathe united but united and lufthansa airlines that they have reciprocity and they're able to to travel i believe delta and air france also have reciprocity there so i say that to say Consolidate. Make sure that you are giving, you're booking with the same company over and over again, basically. Me personally, y'all know I have a, a deep, deep loyalty to Southwest. And so they are my, I fly Southwest anytime I can. And if I can't, then, which is typically internationally, like crossing the Atlantic or Pacific, then I will pay American and, or Delta. But that helps you consolidate your miles to make sure that you are, you know, not squandering your miles and you're maximizing your your points. Because to the article's point or to the article's point, we have graduated from the time where people are just simply hoarding points and hoarding points and hoarding points and and for the sake of status. And status is dope. Status is very dope. But you can also if we're talking about if the objective is to see the world and to. And to do that as economically as possible, you can easily leverage these points once you stack them up, which is part of why I ended up going with Southwest because it was easy to get to the rewards. More, I could get to the rewards more quickly than I could on any other airline. But this solves this. Could you could save these points for a rainy day when you want to go somewhere real bad, but you don't have the you don't have the money for it. Just to be quite frank, because we I will not endorse irresponsible spending. I think that you can you could push it a little bit once you have a handle on your finances. But if you if you ain't got it. Don't spend it. I repeat, if you ain't got it, don't spend it. But this puts you in a position to where you can save these for a rainy day, where if you're trying to go somewhere, you can just liquidate those points. And free flight. Oh, well, you had to pay taxes, which amounts to about $10, 5 to $10. So I would say go ahead and do that. Same with the, with the hotels. Pick your chain. I'm a Marriott loyalist. I try to try to rock with them heavy. I I love I'm loving the Bonvoy situation, which I believe I mentioned on a previous episode. So yeah. So before we hop in, I know I keep pushing it back, but I wanted to share a quick story with y'all because I said I would. When I I traveled to D.C. a couple weeks ago to visit some of my folk out there, and I had a very interesting. I realized like very similar to New York, which. You know, I let y'all know, like, I have been in New York once a year. I used to go once a year, every year, for like a decade. And that's a lot. It was probably like five years, but it's neither here nor there. And I, I was like, yeah, I've been in New York. I know New York. But I realized I had only been to Manhattan. So I didn't really have a hold on all of New York. Like, I hadn't even been to Brooklyn. I hadn't been, I hadn't been anywhere, for real. And so, like, a few years ago, I realized this. Shout out to Tasmia. 
and was was able to experience some of the other some of the other neighborhoods, some of the other boroughs, and yeah. So I think there is kind of similar with DC. Like I don't really have a handle on DC like at all, and I've got a lot of friends that go there, but I am very much a passenger when I go to DC. Like they pick me up from the airport and I go. And so this last time I was looking, I always fly into BWI, and one of my boys was like, "But but I found a, a, a lit deal for on two one ways. One was flying into Reagan, the other was flying into Dulles. Now Reagan, not so bad. You know, it's right, it's right, it was close to DC. If you go into DC, it was far from far from Maryland, far from Baltimore, but it was." You know, it's close to D.C., so that was straight. But Dulles, bro, Dulles was an experience. Dulles was far. Dulles was old. And when I walked into the into the airport, I low-key got sexually assaulted. And I say that with hyperbole. I probably shouldn't. But now that I have your attention, let me tell you a story. Like, to hear it? Here you go. So I'm going in to security, the security line. They tell me, I, but it's, it's kind of confusing how they got it set up. I'm in plenty of time for my flight, so I'm not really tripping. I, they tell me that I went the wrong way for TSA pre-check. So I'm like, but there's no one in the, in the, in the gym pop line. So I'm like, that's cool, like whatever. So then I just go ahead. I'm like, I'll go through. It's not a big deal. I'll take off my shoes. It's all good. Take off my shoes. Um, take all my electronics out. Luckily, it wasn't a heavy content weekend, so I didn't have I didn't have all my stuff. I, I took it out, put it in there. Boom, boom, no problem. I personally, have, but when you're in the the pre check line, they they tell you to take everything out your pockets, but it's basically like just don't have your wallet or your phone. And it's very conditional when they tell you that you should take everything out. So it's on. It's a very fifty fifty situation. So I did not take. I had mints in my pocket. Word the icebreakers. If y'all want to throw me a little something, I will take it. But I had icebreakers in my pocket, and I go through. Something set it off. I think it was my belt. So I take off my belt. I put it back in there. I walk through. They pat me down. But this, but when it shows up on the X-ray, where like you know the body diagram, and it shows like the the areas where there's where there's objects that's been located. My pocket showed up. So this guy, instead of just like patting down my hip, and I pulled out, I was like, "They're right, they're mints." He he's like, "Sir, because it was in your pelvic region, I had to." That's right. He was like, "I'm gonna have to pat you down, each leg on the inside of your leg, and then I'm going to have to I'm gonna turn my hand backwards and I'm going to push down on your nether region and in the front and in the back." I was like, I'm sorry, what now? I was like, you, <laughs> as I'm looking around like, are y'all, is y'all just going to let this happen? When I tell you I was there getting damn near cavity searched for like a strong five minutes, like I was like, I was so confused after. I, I just felt like, I felt like I was, I, 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 I was very like beside myself. Like I was like, how in the world is this allowed? And so when I, I remember before when TSA had changed, their guidelines and they started like really going in at our people this was what they were talking about they were like they get real real personal with you and i that was the first time i had really felt that on that level um so just you know watch it you know watch it back and your butt because it's it's real out here especially when you had a dullest so I, I don't i don't really i just want y'all to be aware like know that 
if this has happened to you, you are not alone. But yeah, just 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 keep your keep your eyes open. Keep your eyes eyes peeled for very aggressive TSA practices. Okay, so shifting gears to today's topic, I mentioned that we are. I'm trying to put more emphasis on places. So when y'all are looking to book spots to go to. You can very actively leverage the travel guys as a step-by-step research for basically everything that you need to know before you do your own research on a spot. I repeat, do not depend solely on the podcast and then come back and how about I left you hanging. I didn't tell you everything you needed to know. This is a starting point, but a necessary starting point. It's a quick download of all the information that you need to know. So at the end of the 30, 45 minute episode you can color yourself informed and under and having a point of view or point of reference uh or a starting point rather some point 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 to start planning a trip abroad so without further ado we will be taking a trip today to rome italy is the capital of Italy, of the South European country, and home of some of the world's most popular sites, including the Colosseum, the Vatican, and the Sistine Chapel. We'll get into that. One quick note about the Vatican is that it's actually its own country. So when you're going to visit, you can get a twofer as far as your stamp game goes, although you won't get a stamp, but so your, your proverbial stamp game, you'll just know that you have been to two countries for the price of one, quite literally. Message. But my first time in Rome was during the inaugural Thanksgiving trip where I went with JT Fit Fresh and AT Legend, what up, Turner and Penn, to Rome as a part of a three-city tour, call it, that was inclusive of Amsterdam and Paris on the other legs. And I, it, Rome was never really like a place I had wanted to visit. Like I had been to Italy before, and but I spent the majority of my time in Milan and Venice. And Venice for so long was like one of my favorite places. Like I loved Venice just because it was so different from what I had seen at the time when I went there, just being the, the underwater city and everything. And, and I got some of the best advice about when I was in Venice. And I don't mean to totally, you know, detour from, from Rome, but they were just like, get lost. And that's something, that's a learning that I've tried to, when appropriate, try to implement into my, into my travel. But basically, like, you're, you're in this, you're, com- you're, confounded in this area in the city and you just know when your train is leaving and you just get lost and wander and fall off in the little shops where you can eat the eat the eats and look at the souvenirs and talk with the people and see the sights and then just know have a landmark when it's time to when it's time to get back so you don't miss your train but and that's something that you can experience when traveling to rome because Rome is in proximity to a lot of these other cities. There is, you know, you can heavily utilize the the train there. So my personal experience has been with mostly with Italian rail, but you can easily train to the other major Italian cities. Uh, Florence is only an hour and a half away, but Venice, Milan, and Positano are about three, three and a half hours away. But that's a morning. So and they have some overnight trains as well that are that are available for you. So just do your research. Go on to Italian. I would start with Italian rail but you could literally just 
look up train from Rome to insert city here. One thing I want to let folks know about Positano and the Amalfi Coast, uh, the Amalfi Coast, excuse me, is that there's not a direct train there. You have to, there, but there's a direct train to Naples, and then you will take a bus to Positano or or the Amalfi Coast. I think it might be a bus interfered to the to the Amalfi, but uh, definitely to Positano is just a train and a bus. But you could also look at renting a car. So when my parents went down there, when they when they started spreading their their retirement wings and going to, and going out, um, my and they love Italy. But they bought a they got a driver once, and then they got a which is always like a low key plug because the drivers were, were are fairly economical. I'm not sure about in Italy, but I know in other in other countries, typically where the where, where the dollar wins. In the currency game, it's a lot more economical to have, especially when you're traveling with a large group, to get a car, to get a chef, to have a driver. Like all these things that are typically viewed as being luxurious are just better economical plays when you're in those types of situations. So one time they got a driver, and one time, because it was my mom and my pops, and then the other time they got. They rented a car, and they were just talking about how beautiful it was to be able to drive up and down the coast and see the see the sights and and not be uh, you know uh, I keep saying confounded, but not being constrained to a train. So just two two different ways to skin a cat at PETA. Um, you know when we're when you're looking at at how to how to navigate Italy. Additionally, let's start with the with the flights here. So the flights. I looked up, I'm, uh, this is kind of how I'm going to structure it from now on, looking up for major airports. But there was actually some variance in the, in the cost here, depending on where you're flying or from where you're flying. From Chicago, it was about 880 bucks, which was the same as Miami. However, out of L.A., it was only about 700 and But New York had the best rate at under 600 so it was about 580 flying out of out of new york and i just typed in random dates so outside of like the the two-week rush when they when they start jacking prices up and it was more so just i think it was i think the dates were it was the end of may to mid-june something like that or the beginning of june to to mid-june because i didn't want to have that memorial day spike in there so not super expensive, especially if you're flying to, to New York. Some strategy here, if you're listening and you're like, man, why is it $300 cheaper to fly from New York than it is in Chicago? A way that you can take advantage of that New York price is if you, and this is how, honestly, people rock with the glitches because the, the glitches are flying out from those airports. It's not just a blanketed price across the, across the nation. You think about flying from Chicago to New York, you might be able to, to find a, like a $90 round trip on a on a on a whim or a $150 round trip. So if you think about adding $100 onto that 580, your total expenditure is 680, which is $200 cheaper than that original 880 flight out of Chicago. So that's how people can can take advantage of these these other these deals. It's it's ridding yourself of the lens of, oh, man, well, I can't get 580, but you get 680, which is cheaper than the next best alternative for you. So 
just keep that in mind as you're as you're looking. Um, oh, one thing that I wanted to mention about the about the trains is that they're very cheap. Like you can you can buy a, a round trip ticket for about twenty euro, which is I'm gonna ballpark it and say like twenty seven bucks. So that's just something to, to keep in mind. And th- these can easily be day trips organized there where you don't have to get another hotel. You can just we went when we went to Venice from we went from Milan, but we were just in Venice from like. 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. took the took the second earliest train and took the last train out. So, just something to something to keep in mind. The food. So the food. I'm not the best person to be talking about about food because I don't. While I love to eat, I'm not super picky, and nor do, nor do I travel for food. But I know that one. The food was delicious in Italy, and. But I didn't. I would. I didn't compile like I know some people. I've traveled with some folk, and they are they're wild with the food. Like they they have a full Excel spreadsheet of all the restaurants they need to hit, and for which meals and on which nights because they've got all the deals and everything. It's a great use for Instagram. While y'all out here following the Shade Room and all that action, y'all should be following some of these food blogs and some of, and, and because that gives you that can help you compile your itinerary for when you actually go to these these places but italy's a great place to enjoy some pasta pizza and peroni beer i mean it's just it's just i mean the the views every meal was great (laughs) and in part because of the scenery and it was just it was it was excellent but there is they do have some of the freshest food over there. I mean, they are making the pasta from scratch in the back and serving it to you. The pizza from scratch cooked in a brick oven. I mean, it's it's excellent. Uh, definitely excellent. So, you know, do your research. Enjoy the food. Live it up. The From a language standpoint, I mentioned before when I, I frequently get asked about best places for people who are just starting their travel journey and there's no shame in in starting your travel journey because you got to get started somewhere and at some time so the the longer that you talk yourself out of it or that that it's too early or too late is wasted time when you could be out here seeing the world and broadening your perspective however when i when i get asked that i take a few things into consideration i take into consideration the distance the true foreign nature of the culture or Haloed familiarity of America, call it. So you think like a Canada, like Toronto. One, Toronto is 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 New York. It's like upstate, upstate New York. Like it's very, it's very metropolitan. It's very, um, it, it doesn't feel like a, a great departure from from the states. As opposed to if you go to, hmm, I'm gonna say India. If you go to you go to India, you go to Delhi. That feels like a great departure. Additionally, I think about the language barrier, which plays into the overall friendliness of a country for tourists. And Europe has been hosting American tourists and tourists from around the world for many, many years. So a lot of people, and additionally leg up on America, they are required to learn the language and among several others. So they're, they're coming out and they're ready for all the tourists' native tongues when they, when they get there. So I say all that to say that... The Italians do speak. You can navigate the country or navigate Rome specifically, but you can definitely navigate Italy without knowing 
without being fluent in Italian. Rome, especially as one of the major cities, they have been they're very used to to having tourists um, and have the tourist traps set for you, set for you when you go over there. However, as has been my point of view or my perspective on it, it's always courteous to learn key phrases in the language. It at least it just, I just think it shows respect for the culture, and it doesn't take that long to try to say grazie instead of thank you, and to say buongiorno instead of good morning. It just doesn't take a lot, and I honestly think that it allows you, it it brought it, great, it enriches your experience because you feel more connected to the culture here. Um, some great ways, so if you all have, you know, speaking of the States, you know, a lot of us did learn some degree of French and Spanish. I have a background in Spanish, and so that halos into the romantic languages and gives me you know gives me some familiarity with with languages that derive from latin italian being one of those in both of those categories so i typically turn to podcasts there are, there are a lot of language podcasts that you can listen to you know i think everybody who listens to podcasts is a is a, an advocate of or a fan of passive learning. If you're listening to to that type of podcast, I know some of y'all love those crime those crime joints, but you're able to learn from that. So I would say, look at your. Um, I, the name escapes me, but I actually speaking personally, when I was going to Florence, uh, which I believe was the, the last time I went to Italy a couple of years ago, it was I just listened for like a month. I just kept listening, taking taking the. The listen to the episodes while I was working, while I was driving and just repeating and whatnot. And I was actually able to be pretty smooth over there. Like there was one situation where we couldn't figure out where to go and I was able to navigate a conversation. And it was like it was it was cool. There's a lot of halo from Spanish specifically. And so I was able to to, to navigate the language a little bit, which was which is pretty dope. It was def- it was definitely dope. And it was it was valuable because you know it's it, you just never want to be so you got to look out for yourself and you got to be if you can if you can arm yourself with a couple words that might let you know it's time to get out of here or you can always detect tone but i would just say just have a few phrases in your back pocket it'll help people be more endearing to you i feel and you know just help you not look like a flipping tourist all the time lodging so as far as lodging goes i've kind of done a couple of things here first time we went Stayed at a friend's house, stayed at a hostel here in Italy, and I've stayed in, when I went to Rome, we stayed in uh, hotels. So the hotels are very nice. I always, from a location standpoint, I always try to stay in city center, just put you in the mix of everything. Um, I, I did consult TripAdvisor, shout out to them, and they basically recommended staying around the main attractions so you think like the pantheon the um the spanish steps piazza navona all of these the coliseum all of these um these areas are pretty good areas to stay in it it did call out the vatican i don't know that i would recommend you stay by the vatican because when you are staying in a city center like you're going to get the prices are going to be what they are but everything is jacked up when it's around the attractions and the Vatican specifically, they come in for that bread. So I would just keep, I would just, I would just, um, I would look at all of them and then see what you feel most comfortable with. Cause with, with lodging, different things matter to different people. Some people care about price. 
me. Some people, <laughs> some people care about comfort level. Some people care about the cleanliness. Some people care about proximity to attraction. So some people care about the amenities, you know, and, and I, but I'm just, I think everybody has a motivating factor. So take a look and see what works for you. So that's kind of it on the technical blocking and tackling, if you will, the basic information. You should be feeling pretty confident in your ability to navigate and at least have like a base of knowledge for it. But we know that travel is not all blocking and tackling. It's not all just the basics. It's not just very cookie cutter. And so I wanted to speak to some of the sites that you are going to see. I personally feel like you can do Rome. You only you only need a couple of days in Rome if you do it if you do it the right way. You can have a, I'd say three max. You can have one where you are um, you call it a half day where you're getting in and you're just ha- you're just hanging out, and then a second day where you go and you hit it hard and see all of the sights. Go to the Colosseum. Go to the Vatican. Go to the Sistine Chapel. Go to the Spanish Steps. Hit all of that, and then. The third day, you can be with the people and just go on an eating tour. That's something that I feel like is very underrated when people travel is they don't just, like, go eat or go look at the art. We did that in Israel. It was super dope. We did actually did it in Curacao as well. It's just, like, it's very dope Like because you can get out into the less um, glorified places, the places where they're trying to steer you. You can, get, you can get away from those, and you can just experience the culture and experience the, the city, the country, as you please on your terms and that's a very special thing it helps you connect and it helps memories to resonate more and your memories will be different than other people no shade to the tourist attractions but everybody can do that everybody's going to do that that's why those are like the big checkoffs of like okay well you can't go to rome you can't and not see the coliseum so go see that um you know feel like spaniard when you when you go in there but you know do something different Talk to the locals. See where they go. See what see what see what's awesome there. Don't get taken, but you know, make genuine friends and build relationships. Always, you know, make sure that you are that you're keeping yourself safe. But do something different. That being said, the Coliseum is magnificent. So I know that some of these sites, like Big Ben, no shade to my all my all my English folk, but Big Ben did not stack up necessarily. Like it was, it was small. And it was under construction when we went down there. So, I mean, we walked past it a few times. The Coliseum definitely holds up. The Coliseum is great. And this is in a in an era now where we have stadiums that seat 100,000 people. Like this, you can just appreciate the magnitude of this arena, of this stadium in its time. And additionally, with the somewhat with the with some with the context that Hollywood has provided, you can envision how it was being used and the 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 sheer entertainment brutality and just the the sportsmanship that was going on in this in this area. So that's that definitely holds up. I would definitely say get a tour. Get a tour guide when you're outside there. I'd say get a tour guide for all this stuff. Like I'm, a, I'm just a big advocate for for having tour guides in this, um, and because you can get them for a um, for not a lot of money. And the last thing you want to do is to go and not have the context that you need or or want. I think honestly, if you if you pay for a tour guide and they end up being whack, charge you to the game and just leave the tour because they're not responsible for you. You're just you're just there for you know 
a couple hours and then you're and then you're out. So you can easily just do your own thing thereafter because the ticket price is included with the price of the tour guide. But it's very it's, it's awesome. And then he walks you out the the tours that we've gone on cuz I've been I've been on two. They walk you out to the back where there's a another property that's that's out there where they they're walking you through the history. Clearly it did not resonate that deeply with me as I cannot recall, but it's just dope for broader for greater context the sit the vatican definitely go to the vatican regardless of your religious affiliation you should just you should go to the vatican see the sistine chapel they're going to take you on this long tour where they're going to walk you through the grounds and give you a lot of the history and then the sistine chapel will be last on that however the sistine chapel is magnificent in my opinion for a long while it was my greatest it was my favorite attraction that i'd seen i think because it's been heralded for so long and you hear about it and you've seen you know david god touching david and and whatnot for um for so long that when you see it in person it's just it's just breathtaking and but i've also heard the contrary i've heard people who have downed the sistine chapel and say that they were expecting more i don't understand how that could be but also the backstory into what went into michelangelo painting the sistine chapel is is fascinating like there was so much he was low-key petty like <laughs> like in part of it and so just hearing that story and having the context of it and then going in and seeing it is is something so i would i would definitely say you need to you need to do that um but it, i mean it's just like i don't know the sizzling chapel was just it was just it was just very it was it was dope to me like the building is the building is old but you can just appreciate the the grandeur nature of it um it's filled with people it's a lot um, I would not call it a religious experience, but I think you could get that from it. You definitely should go in with some reverence, I would say. Um, they say take no pictures. Everybody takes pictures and video. I would just caution you to not use your flash because your flash makes you very vulnerable. But there are people who are vulnerable to being kicked out because they will put you out. It will put your tail right on out the door. But they are they have people that are walking around. They give you a warning if you are, you know, if you're very visibly taking a video and taking or taking pictures, um, probably once or twice before they kick you out. So just to just be beware. If you are a rule follower, there is some room to bend the rules so that you don't leave mad when everybody's looking at their pictures and you don't have one. Just uh, just as an FYI, I say all that to say you can do that in a day. Like those two those two sites specifically, you can see the big the heavy the heavy hitters. The Sistine Chapel, the Colosseum, the Vatican, and the Spanish Steps, you can do that in a day. And and then so that's why I don't necessarily recommend that you only go to Rome. Like you should definitely go to other cities that are around there for the twenty euro that it costs on Italia Rail. But this is Rome. So hopefully this is helpful. Hopefully you feel armed and dangerous. With knowledge, only with knowledge. And as always, please make sure that you have liked, subscribed, followed the show. You can do so. You can subscribe and listen on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, wherever you listen to your podcast. Please rate us and review us. Share us with friends. All that action is very helpful for us as far as as far as helping us rise in the rankings and allowing us to gain the visibility to help other people. Also, please follow us on Instagram. I keep saying social media like 
like Instagram in the main channel. But so follow us on on Instagram. Although GQ fifty Twitter is is popping, so you know check that out. But follow us on Instagram at the Travel Guides at GQ five zero at Y E S S U R O seven. Yes, sir. That's the birthday boy international P. And that'll do it for another episode of the Travel Guides. And remember, your next adventure is just a click away. Thanks for listening.